Insert your own theme tune here. Now take it out again. Put it in, out, in, out. Shake it all about. Do your own theme tune dance and turn <laughs> around. Uh, that'll do. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Welcome, 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 welcome to um, Citizens of Nowhere uh, with myself, Kerry Marks and... Nick Doody, hello. Nick Doody, hello. Also known as Mr. Hello. And uh, this is the uh, the podcast that always starts with Nick saying, "Insert your own theme tune here," and then me realizing I have nothing regular to say at that point, <laughs> and then just uh, we yeah. it. That awkward kind of yeah. I open really because I've just turned the recorder on, so, so I'm really close to it. Like Insert your own theme tune here. It takes you by surprise sometimes. Every fucking time, and then uh, yeah. Which we did. We have it by dint of not having a theme tune. We we ended up with this. But uh, every time Carrie just goes, yeah, or don't. <laughs> or something. <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, welcome back. And um, uh, what have you been up to, Nick Doody? Uh, I have not been... I haven't been home for about three weeks. Right, you don't and, like home I'm anymore. Still not, I'm still not home now. We're in London. Uh, well, you're my I'm home. on my way home. I'm going home tonight. Oh, so my home's not home to you, is that what you're saying? That is correct. <laughs> then I said make yourself feel at home. Okay. So you didn't? <laughs> no, I didn't do you that. Didn't really? Yeah. Oh, what an insult! Well, it's all right. Okay. Well, well it's going to, do you know it's going to be nice to sleep in Carrie's own bed tonight? <laughs> Why haven't you been home for three weeks? Um, I went away for a week. Um, we went to Greece, which was lovely. Yeah. And then Greece I immediately lovely. went on tour uh, on the last leg of this Dave Gorman tour. So I uh, went to had to travel to London, go to Greece come back to London and then immediately go to Aldershot. Okay. <laughs> Which was the first night of the tour. That's so quite, a, quite a contrasting uh, time you've had. Yeah, so I've been to, I'll probably forget one, but I've been to uh, Aldershot, Wrexham, Belfast, Derry. Well, let's um, start with Greece. What did you do in Greece? Did you, um, did Greece. You, you, you were out in Hydra, weren't you? Yeah, in yeah. Hydra, which is this island. It's an island with you no... say Hydra? Yeah. Is it? It's Hydra. Okay. Yeah. Except that. Um, so, uh, and what was Hydra got going for it? Uh, no motor vehicles. Really? A lot of cats. Do <laughs> you, you have to drive around on a cat? Yeah, that's all they got. That's, uh, that's how they transport stuff. If you if, if you want a washing machine taken to your house, you need about six hundred cats. <laughs> they must be very well trained, are they? Or just tied together? No, they're just tied together. Yeah, just the, only the cats on the bottom are trained. The rest are just for bulk. <laughs> Uh, no cars no really we, we saw we actually did see a truck but it wasn't moving and we don't, still don't know how it got to where it was because there's no roads cats brought it there yeah cats <laughs> <coughs> what they do if you need to transport stuff like you're taking your luggage up, there's a lot of stairs it's quite a right. in the island and um, yeah you just put everything on a donkey right pre-arranged you don't just put it on a donkey and hope it gets surprise there surprise it <laughs> yeah <laughs> go that way yeah just whisper something in Greek <laughs> to the donkey. Um, you passed Leonard Cohen's house? Uh, we were staying almost next door to Leonard Cohen's house, yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you break in and look at the Leonard cohen things? No. Is there a placard didn't. outside? Is there a... Um, they have renamed the little street. I don't know how long it's been called this, but it's called sort of Leonard Cohen Street. Oh, is it? Right. Yeah. Which I think is why he moved there. <laughs> <laughs> the street's got you named. Yeah. Got you written all over it, named Leonard. 
And then from there, his, his son, his still, son, still sometimes lives there. Adam and Kirsty right. uh, Mylarf knows him a bit, but um, there was no one in. Well, what people do do, they leave little tributes. So there's quite often uh, tea and oranges left on the doorstep from you know from the song Marianne. Right, they know he's dead, right? Yeah, then it's not. It's not very nice tea. <laughs> <laughs> they think he's like Father Christmas, going to come back and eat the biscuits and <laughs> very similar. Um, okay, so you went there, and then then it was Northern Ireland next, was it? Uh, no, it was uh, Aldershot was the first one. Okay, all right, and then Northern Ireland. So um, I think Northern Ireland is going to be more interesting than Aldershot to talk about. But I'm sorry, people from Aldershot, but it's just yeah, it's a well, prejudice I have. Um, yeah, because Aldershot, particularly, I mean, particularly because Brexit's going on and so on, and uh, and uh, I, I, you talk about that on stage, don't you? Well, Aldershot is a big British army base, and uh, obviously. A few years ago, you could have said that Northern Ireland possibly has more British Army presence. Yes. But that has changed. Northern Ireland was fucking fascinating, because we, we did uh, Derry and then two nights later, Belfast. And I I have a little sort of gap in my show now where the old Theresa May material used to be, where I, I can't <laughs> add too many minutes. So it's just a sort of amorphous little blob of talking a little bit about what's going on, how weird it is to talk about politics... Um, I did a little bit of stuff. Yeah, it's the part Johnson. now about how hard it is to uh, yeah to, to, to be contemporary to talk about a subject that isn't going to change in a in a few weeks time. Yeah, do and you hesitate it, when you write a thing about Boris right now? Going, well, I don't know whether it's still going to be useful in three months time or going to be prime minister in forty minutes. Yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I do think about people going, oh, you must be loving it. You comedian, you talk about the news, you must be loving it at the moment. And we're going, no, it's, that's like and you know, it's like saying to David Attenborough, "Oh, you like talking about animals? You must be enjoying this zoo fire." <laughs> yeah, but the zoo fire is going to stay a fact, though, isn't it? You can still talk about the zoo fire well, for a while, but, but during could, the time, what it is, you can, you can't, uh, you can make fun of a politician uh, in a particular way. You can't do after they've resigned. It's just right, relevant. you could, yeah, you could yeah. still make fun of a policy, I guess, but you can't really lay into them in the same way because people don't care anymore. No, and of course people... Well, right, this was amazing. Northern Ireland, I can talk about Brexit knowing that most people in the room are going to feel quite similarly about it. Yeah. Because Northern Ireland, A, voted largely to remain, but B, is being used very irresponsibly in a pawn, as a pawn by the government in this not, game. Not for pawn, yeah. On pawn, but yeah. being used for pawn by the government. <laughs> yes, which is totally wrong. So, I, you know, I can just be a bit silly about, oh, the latest bastard idea is that you're now technically part of Gibraltar and stuff like this. <laughs> and, you know, they all get it. <laughs> but then I came back and did Salisbury last night. And what I was able to say is, do you have any idea how insane the times are now that I look forward to gigging in Northern Ireland because they are not as politically divided? Yeah. <laughs> so you did two forces towns, basically, and, the, and, and with Ireland and Northern Ireland in the middle. Is Salisbury a big uh, forces town? Yeah. Oh, in that case, yeah. Yeah, base, the number of bases and stuff. Yeah, we did Wrexham as well. Right. Okay. Quite an interesting mix. Did, yeah. you, did you speak to people in Northern Ireland, presumably after the gig? I mean, did, did, did people, were, were their views pretty uniform? I imagine they were. I, I didn't, I didn't really talk to them after the gig. I'm I mean, not selling any merch this are time. Are you saying so... you didn't have anything to do with them? <clears throat> yeah. You're saying you don't like Northern Irish people? I'm That's shocked. Right. Horrified. Well, no, typically you get to, uh, on the tour before, yeah. I was sort of selling DVDs. But again, this is the news. My DVD is now so out of date, with just with what I'm talking about in it, that I don't think it's fair to sell it. Recorded when? It's, it's, it's the one called Interesting Times. 
Right. And as, as, yes, <laughs> That's I unfortunate, know, isn't it? It's the irony of it. The times have remained so interesting that my, my DVD, Interesting Times, now has about the middle third of it that's just not relevant. Yeah. Here and now, but historically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, I mean, the stuff it's about is it's quite sunny, 2016, 2017. Yes. And I know that sounds ridiculous in the middle of 2019 to go, that's insane. But um, yeah, that's very out of date. <laughs> it's, it's one of the difficulties of being a political comic at the moment, isn't it? Mm. I mean, there aren't very, we talked about this before, that there aren't that many political comics around anymore. There used to be quite a lot. And I think now social politics gets talked about a fair bit on stage. Yeah. And there are, there are larger sort of movements you can talk about. I mean, I'm, the only bit that remain relatively evergreen are about Corbyn and Trump. Yeah. And they're pretty broad brushstroke. Right. They're not They're not very updated. Weirdly, the, um, any mention of Corbyn and anti-Semitism, that, that has remained just as topical. Oh, really? Do you talk about that? Yeah, I mentioned that on stage, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Because I found it's quite a hard subject, maybe for me, but, but um, I've seen other people, I think it's a delicate one, because a lot of people that instantly think you're 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 taking a side or you're being uh, you know you you you're just having a go at the late or anti labour or whatever right if you have a go at Corbyn it's hard to separate the two. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. Well, I do it from the point of view of someone who's left London. So one of the big changes leaving London is <laughs> that you don't care about Jews anymore. Uh, yeah, so, well, no. um, you got away from them. You can... <laughs> I was about to say, moved to Yorkshire. You can't tell who's Jewish. We're all mean. <laughs> well, let that one go. <laughs> That's not one of the ones you do on stage, no, is it? God, no, no, no. I was just, I was just taking, taking the elements you just gave me, and my brain was going, eh, got this. Too late. That's not really connection played. Connection played. Must be said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do, do you find people receptive to the subject? Um, as a, I sort of just use it a punchline, really. It's the thing of you know that um, it, it it's uh, Jeremy Corbyn being like Jesus, and it's from the point of view of people who are very left wing, friends of mine who think that Jeremy Corbyn is the next coming of Christ, uh-huh. you know, and he's got the yeah. he's got the initials, given uh-huh. that. Yeah. he's got the beard, given uh-huh. that, uh, and his ideas haven't been updated recently. Also, like Jesus in that regard, <laughs> and of course, he's a controversial figure amongst the Jews. And that's, <laughs> yeah, right, that's the okay, bit, right? yeah. Um, so that's not taking a side or making a comment, though, is it? It's just, uh, no, I it's, don't... It's, it's a nod. It's a nod joke. Mm. It's just an acknowledgement, right? But there's there's sometimes a bit of an ooh, and I just go, well, <laughs> you know. Um, it's true, yeah. And also, it's the only topical line I've ever written that gets more topical as time goes on. Yeah. <laughs> which is not typically how this goes. Yeah. If he, if, he came out, if he came out and said something that has made friends with the Jewish community overnight, you'd, you'd lose the punchline, which would be... That's, do you, you, sometimes you do this as a comment. You go, oh, I hope things stay bad for a while. <laughs> I did have a line that took more of an issue in my Edinburgh show, a line about um, how, why am I expected to be tribally loyal about one side or another of this issue? And so and I bring the one up about Corbyn and anti-Semitism, and he's going to go, I, I have to decide that he's like worse than Hitler, or the whole thing is just a conspiracy by the right-wing media to keep him down. Yeah. And I go, well, a little bit somewhere in between, right? There's a conspiracy by the right-wing media to keep Corbyn down, but the reason they're picking on anti-Semitism is because of all the fucking anti-Semitism. Yes, yes, like right. If, if he was yeah. having sex with children, yes. they'd probably use that instead. They would, yeah. So the punchline is, so if there's any big Corbynistas in, you're really upset that brought it up, take this home with you. 
as a consolation prize. The fact that they're going after him for anti-Semitism means he's definitely not a paedophile. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Well, okay, talk, talking of extremism, mm. let's get into centrism as a subject. <laughs> that, 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 right? That's a good segue. Talking of extremism, let's get into centrism. <laughs> well, it's in the middle of the two extremes, so... Are there two extremes? No, there's not. There's loads of extremes. You still yeah, find loads. centrism in the middle of the lot, though, wouldn't you? Mm. Eff- effectively. I suppose so. Yeah. And centrism has become uh, a dirty word, right? In that, uh, but, but I, I hesitate saying that because all, <coughs> all, all party affiliation, I suppose, and or tribal affiliation is, is denigrated by those who aren't. Right? Yeah, so the it's left not a dirty word. The loony left and so on, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but centrism has... I see increasing amounts of negativity towards it without people ever really defining it or or, or who they do define as it. Centrist dads is a popular popular one from the uh, yeah. that we hear from the left. So it's they they see it as like a, a dad thing. It's a it's a middle aged man, I guess, who's uh, um, I don't know, become a bit of a curmudgeon with with rather than particularly gone right. Yeah, yeah. When if you read if you read people writing about centrist dads, it's always this this weird character of oh, you're really excited about Tony Blair, aren't you? Love Tony Blair. Yes, right. And it's like people like David Aronovich. Aronovich is supposed to be the ultimate centrist dad. Somebody did a um, Ash Sarkar had a thing the other day that basically seemed to suggest that centrists like Pretamonje, and that's like a decision. You just made me do a spit take on my tweet. Well, it was a genuine tweet. <laughs> that's it? amazing. Yeah. That was, the implication, that was the implication of a tweet. Yeah. That's very funny. Pretty Manger, yes. French she saw it as, I forgot what she saw it as like, it's the centre between um, uh, one kind of coffee shop and another, so it's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Because you read it to me, it was, the food's better than Costa, but it's... Less than somewhere else. Less shitty than like, McDonald's. Yeah, or it was something like that, yeah, yeah. But that's what always happens with the centre, is people who hate the centre, decide what the extremes are. So they, they yeah, put yeah. it somewhere. So, for example, uh, you see the centre as that they're the people who, who sit on fences, the fence sitters, you know. But that's because you're seeing the centre as between two nice gardens, right? There's, there's two right. gardens, and in the middle there's... But that, that that's not necessarily the case, because you could put the centre somewhere else. You know, they're placing the centre. You could say that there's a cliff edge over here, and on the other side, there's a no man's land, which is fairly destitute. And in the middle, there's a garden. Now the, the centrist is actually the person with the nice garden rather than the person in the extreme landscapes. Yeah. Right. And also so, from the, the top of the fence is the only vantage point where you can see the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's advantages to being sitting on the fence and it might be a lovely fence. It's funny, I hadn't thought about this before, but um, I always have had a problem with the phrase sitting on the fence because I'm picturing in my head like a white picket fence with a pointy, pointy, <laughs> pointy top. Jobs, yeah. Sounds like a horrible thing to sit on. Yeah, I assumed there was barbed wire on it. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> like a really uncomfortable place to be. I suppose that also puts the centrists in the ground. People who have seen the centrists are also um, uh, the floating voters, which when I was young... I would have seen the floating voter as this wishy-washy, sort of pathetic stance, mm. can't really decide, and we're, we're these people who can't make a decision, and then uh, it takes... Uh, and I suppose I saw them as the ones who were influenced by whether Nixon or whatever has um, a five o'clock shadow, and, and you know, they, they would vote based on these tiny details. But in actual fact, now as I'm older, I see that completely differently. Right. You t- are you talking about the Nixon-Kennedy debate there? 
Yeah. That was, oh, this was the idea was that... Was it Nixon? Um, got, maybe I'm wrong. Who had um, Five O'Clock Shadow and that made a big difference to the voting public? Or was it Kennedy? Um, the other, like Kennedy was tanned and he'd been doing, he'd been practicing his uh, practicing his debate thing from on top of a roof in the sun and stuff. And the, <laughs> really, I think that isn't, isn't that the story. I don't no, know. It's supposed to be the um, the ultimate of winning people over by appearing to be basically healthier. <laughs> wow, wow. I can't, I can't. Was it Nixon, Kenny? Somebody in Kennedy. I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was some interview. But the yeah, that's what I would have. That's why I originally would have thought the centrist was is, is someone uh, or the floating voter rather. Is someone influenced by tiny detail, whereas actually the floating voter now makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to be so party affiliated that you don't change no matter what the manifesto is. Yeah, and the people who proudly say I voted this way all my life, so therefore I'm going to anyway. I think well, that's stupid. That's a horrible reason to vote. Yeah, for someone or to do anything because I've always done it. I've always done it, and so has everyone in my family. <laughs> my family do not appreciate change. I always brush my teeth with candy floss. Not, <laughs> I don't want to lose this last one. <laughs> you end up with less teeth to care about. Yeah. So it's an advantage. I think I thought the same about floating voters. I thought, what, really? You can't decide between Thatcher and Kidd. And, and yeah, you, right. But then yeah. obviously, you know, 30 years later, you go, well, those parties have changed a lot. And now I'm old enough to have seen them change. I can absolutely see that... In a way, the floating voters are the only the only people who seem to be using their intellect at all to decide who to vote for. Yes, yeah. You should be floating until you're convinced, right? And I'm seeing that kind of tribalism. Uh, I think that's really common now. It's always been around, but it's, it's common on the internet that, particularly with, uh, I don't know, where you get cr- uh, sex crimes or anything where people seem to forgive all kinds of crimes um, committed by their tribe. You know, right. they'll make excuses for uh, whether it's Kavanaugh, Trump, or whether it's um, uh, Clinton and so on, uh, and be absolutely angry with the other side that that was definitely a crime that was committed, you know, but but incredibly forgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or, or, or believing, much much like you were saying with anti-Semitism, really believing that it's all just a propaganda when it goes against them. And to me, it just seems unreal. we have to have a way of seeing through all this bullshit and going... And, and, and getting back to down to or getting down to is it a crime? What's the evidence? Can we get some facts together and so on, regardless of which party someone belongs to or uh, you know what they represent? Yeah, I mean it's this it's the it's probably the psychologically easiest position to be in if you're um, if you're a supporter of Corbyn is to answer the anti-Semitism allegations with it's all false. Yes, of course. True. Yeah, because then you don't have to do, you don't have you don't have to undergo any unpleasant internal changes. Which... I'm not sure that's the best route, though. I think the best route actually would be to uh, discuss with Jewish people about uh, how, how to solve this and, and make a speech that, um, that, first of all, to make an, a, a very clear speech that, that uh, disengages him from the extremist elements in his own party. That, I, I really and, do and not know why he doesn't following. do that more often. If it... Well, at all. I've not heard him do it at all. I've heard him say that. I, I, I've, I've heard, heard him, him say that, that anti-Semitism is wrong. I've heard him say that it's viciously wrong. But I've not heard him say uh, those people who are joining the party and someone who have these feelings. That is not what I am about, and that is not what we are about in our party. I've not heard that said clearly. Yeah, it's um, it's sort not of in like any it. convincing way at all. Um, did you okay. know? Did you know? By the way, the, the centrist dad um, song. 
No, I can't remember who it came from, but it was to the you know to the tune of um, Postman Pat. It was like centrist dad, centrist dad, centrist dad. Not all black and white, lad. <laughs> right. What is a centrist? Let's talk about that. And and are we centrists? This, okay, because because early on this was the idea of the podcast, right? Right. We don't have a tribe. We're what tribeless. Are we? Yes, and that's more that we don't like being labelled as a thing because I want freedom to move and decide things as each thing comes up. But here's the problem is that, and we'll get into this moment, there's centrists and then there's radical centrists and it's very hard to say I'm not a radical centrist whereas I would never say, I would never in any political meeting go as a radical centrist, I think. So I, I wouldn't define myself in this way. So if I define myself as someone who uh, doesn't like to be labelled, and then let's say you start a tribe of the people who don't like to be labelled. <laughs> do, do I get to say, I'm not one of them? <laughs> I am now part of that tribe, but not by choice. Right, it's not an integral part of how I would choose to identify myself. Right. It's not, yeah, not, 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 not a key part of your own self-identity. I could say radical centrism does describe my views, but I wouldn't say I am a radical centrist, as in I in any way activate to radical as a radical centrist. Yeah, no, the same. Um, so what's a radical, what's a radical centrist? Well, let's start with centrist first. Yeah, okay. So generally a centrist will be found somewhere in, in the middle, uh, between the extremes of any, any particular view. It's uh, centre ground, rather. Um, and mostly centrism is concerned with realism and pragmatism, uh, not just idealism and emotion, right? So they're not as emotion-led. They're not, not as, as led by, I feel this science is true, therefore it is. Or this so science that's, that's agrees sounds... with... And, and what we see a lot now is, is that science is, is used on uh, very tribally on both sides to, to justify something you'd expect them to, to feel anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's always the way. Um, I was just thinking then that you could... Couldn't you identify different countries? Like, if you're the centre between the extremes, that's just the extremes of where you happen to be, right? So someone like yes, someone like okay. Bernie Sanders would be considered a completely moderate social democrat in most of Europe. Yes, he would. Yeah, but he's considered really pretty far to the left. Like he's he, he's right. he's as left wing as anybody was who was running for president last time round in a country that doesn't have a working class. You mean, where there's only a middle class? That doesn't have working In America. You, you already hear the working class probably talked about, do you? It's kind of... The, the middle oh, class oh, is the main, main focus. Oh, oh that, that's, because that, that's because they use the term middle class to refer to everybody who's not literally impoverished or a millionaire. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Working class people, when they talk about the working class, they're talking, they use the term middle class right. to refer to... Right, but we use it as a much clearer distinction. Yeah, yeah, we're using it. Yeah, as a class distinction, anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, so okay. So so then, yeah, I, I agree with you. It depends where the extreme is for any country. So oh, I don't know though, because because the area of centrism is, is very broad. Yeah. Right. And uh, when we talk about people being left of centre or right of centre, they're, they're they're centrists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, yeah. If you mention the centre and how you're describing someone, you really mean they're centrist. By you... centrist, we're not talking about an exact middle, are we? We're not talking about the, the exact point. That's why the fence doesn't work, as, a, as an example. Yeah, and and also, how could you? Because there's no, there's no, there's no units, right? There's not 
it's not like a it's not like pH where you can have actual, absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seven is yeah, neutral, seven, right. zero is uh, impossibly <laughs> alkaline. Yeah, 14's really really you know other way around. Sorry. Okay, so radical centrist is a different allowance because a radical centrist can be a centrist, but they're also. Uh, they can take them first of all they're for radicalism in, in fact they're, they're comfortable with change um even dramatic change yeah. and a radical centrist could take a policy that's coming from uh the right or from the left and they're not necessarily aligned to the right or the left they can take a policy from anywhere and say that is a good policy that one over there is a good policy and put them all together <coughs> to make to make policies yeah which which seems absolutely sensible and if you if, if you can't do that doesn't that mean you're basically being blinded by tribalism to possible solutions to real problems? This is why I don't get the anger and contempt that some people feel for, for um, centrism. Is I don't understand how you can be that much against... I hear people get actually angry about it. These pragmatic people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why is pragmatism and, and um, uh, realism... Like I've never understood with people who believe stuff why they don't realise that people who who aren't so easily so if you believe your house is haunted right <laughs> if you believe someone that your house is haunted you have the choice of calling uh, a medium who's going to walk around your house and uh, waste an awful lot of time saying weird incantations and throwing bits of dust everywhere basically not cleaning your house but making it dirtier yeah. and then at the end going I pronounce this house clean it costs you a lot of money or that's not centrist they shouldn't be called mediums <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> we get large or small. As a skeptic, what I'm saying is logic. Here. As a skeptic, they'd be better off phoning me, and I could tell them over the phone, "Nope, your house is clean. There's no such thing." Right? Saves them a lot of money and time and cleaning up. This is a, the problem. So in the same way, that's why I don't, I don't understand people who are, who are, who are against the logic or, or listening to scientists rather than having their, their their feelings put above science. But is it not that people essentially think that their political struggle is Manichaean, right? It's between good and evil. It's doing Manchester. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, but so so there's that there's like cartoons yes. of oh here's how a centrist would be in the and you've right. got like Hitler going, kill all the Jews <laughs> and the centrist going, nah, kill a reasonable <laughs> amount of Jews. <laughs> Yeah, but, but that really it's is funny how many good examples like... Jews make for things, isn't it? Really, <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to use the Welsh if it wasn't the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but that that's the thing. It's just sort of um, you know people go, oh, have a have 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 a normal amount of war. <laughs> well, it's actually very complicated. But in fact, there was a, there was a series of these cartoons, like four of them. You know, the key world events reimagined by centrists. What's really funny is they're meant to be really satirical against centrists, and a couple of them I thought, well, I kind of do think that. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's somebody saying to yes. Hitler, "I disagree with what you say, but I defend the death your right to say it." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he should have been allowed to become the leader of Germany. Yes. Yeah. But that's still. They're having to go at what they consider centrism to be, but radical centrism, I don't even see how you can particularly pick holes in someone who's willing to take any view that, that, that works, that, that is a sensible idea. Right? No, you know, exactly. At that point, I, th I think it's harder to lampoon radical centrism. I don't really like it being called rad radical centrism. Because I, I think, I don't see how it can be radical, you know, because it's not going to be as radical as an extremist would want it to be anyway. And, uh, I prefer adventurous, adventurous centrist. And also, wouldn't it be... Uh, right, the difference seems to be that when you're saying to centrists, 
you really do mean in the middle between the say left and right, the the extremes. Yeah. But radical centrists, you could be absolutely fucking anywhere. Yes. On any issue. Yeah. So you're so, living so where it, the air is good, but you can go up the mountain or you can go down into the valley if you're mm. if you're a radical centrist. The centrist stays in the in the uh, uh, I don't know the level ground, uh, and the extremists are up at the top, living their whole lives at the top of the mountain, believing that's the only place you should live. And the others are the other extremists are living in the bottom of the valley, you know. And, and so I don't understand why, if you yeah. you know, why radical centrism doesn't make a fuckload of sense because you get choice. Yeah. And your choice can be weighed up. It is not a forced choice by you you sticking to a a plan or a party or an ideal. It's also it, it gets you out of a lot of the issues that um, party politics have. Which is that you know you've got this list, this list, manifesto list, say, mm-hmm. of things. Labour stands for this, the Republicans stand for this, Democrats stand for this, Conservatives stand for this, Lib Dems stand for this, and there's just a list of things, and you have to wholeheartedly swallow the entire list. Yes. To vote. Yeah. And after a while, what happens with people because people are so identitarian, people, you know, start to identify with their political stance. They then start to associate with things they don't personally believe, but they become identity markers for the tribe they're in. Yes. Which is one of the reasons that when you've got somebody like Trump, who's openly racist quite often, becoming the figurehead of one of the only two, one of the only two going concerns politically in the US, one of the big two parties, you start to have an awful lot of people in that party, although they are not personally racist, they now start to see racism as a flag for, oh, that's the tribe I belong to. Yes, yeah, So right. weirdly, they're okay with right. him being racist. In their justification for him, and they're also because they, they, they fight against attacks against him that are uh, they consider too extreme, so they end up justifying it Yeah. and becoming a part of that. that but that is the problem. But if you, we, but if you but could just pick about and that, problem, that is the problem with tribalism. That's why we're getting mm. more and more tribal. On the other hand, to argue against that... Um, I've I've long been for an idea where where we vote for um, uh, a whole load of different issues and then find leadership based on the issues that the public find the most important. But then having just seen the effects of two referendums and particularly the last one, I realise how complex it is even then if everyone even votes on a single issue. You know, I mean, I, I suppose it's not yeah. completely fair because the issue of Brexit is is particularly uh, extreme, particularly massive. Um, but I think we still see that a lot that you get people voting on an issue and then going hold on new facts have come up it's changed and then therefore that's still not satisfying yeah I've heard this before the idea that, that if you could have an election that was just on uh, on policies yeah so you actually tick um, you know oh, here's what I think about uh, here's how I think the healthcare should be funded here's what I think about abortion here's what I, you know all those things trouble is they don't necessarily connect because you might think that, that a lot of money should be put into the NHS but then you're not voting for something else for, say, higher taxes. Right, so... I, I suspect that it would, would happen, It would have to be if you yeah. vote for this one, you have to vote for that one and so on. Um, but, OK, let's look... First of all, just take the centrism itself. Middle ground, to me, mostly is the safe place. I don't think it's always the best place, but I think it is, mm. it is the safest place uh, where massive changes can, can have, you know, huge and unpredictable effects, right? So we talk about the Goldilocks zone... You know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of Goldilocks being uh, just uh, the, the porridge is neither too hot nor too cold. I, f- I first came across that in, uh, I think it was uh, the God Delusion, in the Richard Dawkins. But you didn't book. know, but you didn't know what they were on about. Cause you hadn't heard the story of the three bears, presumably. Yeah. At that point, if that I, was the first time you came across it. 
I'm not sure if there were ever just three bears. <laughs> yeah, he just talked about three in, in evolution. It's unlikely that we're ever just. I don't know. But um, it's not the making porridge that bothers you. No, not, not so much. <laughs> or the living, the bears living in a house. Not so much that. Yeah. Okay. Dawkins has gone well off the rails as an evolutionary biologist. He now believes that. Bears were the first people to mill wheat. <laughs> As a point of fact, you came across the Goldilocks idea first in the three bears. Then you came across it next. The idea of the, the Goldilocks principle. Okay, the principle. The idea of being used. Yeah. <laughs> and it was about the likelihood of life on Earth. And some people say it's okay. incredibly unlikely because Earth, to support life in the way it does, has to be a la Goldilocks porridge. Not too hot, not too cold. So it has to be just the right distance from the sun. If it was uh, much closer, like Mercury, it would just be way too hot. Uh-huh. If it was much colder, like Saturn, it'd be way too cold. So here we are in the Goldilocks zone. Yes. But that's, I mean, that's just the anthropic principle, isn't it? So, so therefore, yeah, the, our very existence is centrist. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but, and, uh, and moderation, we've been, we've, for, I think... For as long as parents have been telling their kids moderation is a good thing, right? We know that's one of the biggest lessons we've probably learned from history is you're, 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 you're fairly unlikely to die. There are things that will kill you in, in mm. tiny amounts, but they're few and far between. Mostly moderation is going to make you safe through. And also moderation, it doesn't mean that you can't do hard drugs or, or even uh, binge, but it means the best way of starting on a drug and testing it and finding out whether it suits you or whether it's going to send you mad. Right? Moderation. Great thing. Sure. I yeah. find it very hard to be against moderation. <laughs> but what I guess what people would always do is they would come up again with a, <laughs> with a very hefty moral issue and go, what, you think there's a moderate amount of racism you should have? You should be just... No, because just no a, racism... What's the right amount of murder, Carey? Well, Not think... none? Um, I don't think I think that's because they're choosing the, the the word as well. It's not racism we'd be talking about. We'd be talking about generalizations, I guess, uh, which can lead to racism. So the extreme would be racism, mm. right? So it's not it's not racism one extreme and no racism the other. It's it's uh, it's judging people very harshly uh, by race or recognizing that there are uh, idiosyncrasies that come with race, which I guess there are, and countries and areas. So, yes, I'd say once again, centre ground makes absolute sense. Maybe if you're talking, about, you're talking about like heuristics, you're just using quick rules of thumb occasionally. It's just the most efficient way. I think to some generalisations make sense. Yeah, but if you yeah if you over apply a rule of thumb, then you're being you're essentially reducing people just to a rule of thumb, in which case you're being a bigot. Uh, do Japanese people have different understandings of politeness? Do I'm trying to think. I think any country you could find, um, uh, and even parts of the country you could find different attitudes to uh, certain behaviours and so on. Uh, the South considered less friendly than the North. I think maybe that's, that's probably in, in, true in the UK. In, in the UK. Um, I think that there are generalisations that have. I think it'd be ridiculous but to say. Do you realise how, use, how useless all these things are? When you say the North and South, I'm not going to go. And the UK, nah, not necessarily Ireland. Just all of all. <laughs> in the US, it's the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. Stereotypes? No, I don't think stereotypes are in themselves harmful, are they? They're, they're, I think the stereotypes definitely exist, and um, and so what I'm saying is the extreme is not racism, mm. and the other extreme is no racism. The extreme is racism, or and and the other extreme, I suppose, would be uh, overly well, under stereo or, or denial of stereotype, right? So somewhere in the yeah. middle is an acceptance of stereotype. 
Yeah, yeah. If you, if you heard, so, so say, do exist. Say there's a lot of like knife crime in Nottingham or whatever it might be. I was going to go there, but I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. You, you, it would be it would be unwise to assume everyone you meet in Nottingham is a criminal. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. but it would also be unwise just to walk around with money hanging out of your pockets in the dead of night. Yeah. Generally true, most places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, but to, yeah. to, to take. I was no... trying to find the perfect example as well. But... <laughs> to take no precautions when you know. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yes. All right. Okay. So moderation is good. Clement weather is good. You know, you can... Clement. British weather is fairly. Um, I'd say British weather is uh, is centrist. It's you can work in it all year round, and it's, it's radically centrist. We have very hot days, very cold days, and mostly we're somewhere in the middle the whole time. Okay. Right. Um, what else? Being average, if you could choose what height you were going to be, <laughs> I think uh, slightly above so, average is good. Yeah, well, but not, and, and, not and, massively and, tall because aeroplane seats and train seats are very uncomfortable. What if everybody can choose how high they, or the height they want to be? <laughs> it becomes a the, yeah, the, the, there becomes an arms race. But this is what and a legs race. People won't. There'll be people. The extremists, I think, exist just as a thing. They have to go to an extreme, so people would choose extremely high and extremely yeah, tall. Yeah, it would be like really tall. Yeah, and they just so the radical they just centrist damage their back on a bus. I mean. The radical centrist is average height, but can choose to be really tall when playing basketball and really short when um, when riding a horse. I mean, you're making this sound a very attractive and b very I'm selling very it right hard now. to implement. <laughs> We're in the land of metaphor now. You know, there's trains where I live um, where the seats are so close together, like yeah. as in the seats in front are so close to you. That I'm, and I'm I'm not particularly tall. I'm sort of I'm, I'm about five foot ten, and. You know, so I'm not the sort of person you think. Oh, it is not designed for monsters like me. Yeah. <laughs> Totally within normal range, and I can barely fit my legs in. I have to sit sit slightly side saddle to fit myself into them. And I discovered that, I, and I thought, God, maybe these are really old trains. And because you know, people in the north used to be like measurably shorter than people in the south. <laughs> maybe the average height was like five foot two. And, right. and then um, it turns out, no, that due to some some fuck up and however things were working. Uh, my wife explained this to me. Kirsty explained to me that they they used they used bus seats to build the trains, <laughs> and they bolted them in in such a way that they're just really fucking close together. Really? Yeah. So had they used train seats, the train the seats would be a different measurement somehow. Anyway, they're fucking awful. Right, right. I, I find that long journeys sometimes on trains, just where the seats aren't far enough ahead of you. And I and I'm not tall either, but yeah. I, I get sort of knee pain from uh, my knee pressing against the seat in front of someone. So what it's like for tall people? It's awful. Yeah, truly awful. And short people are a problem on trains as well because, they... but not well, not for them, but they for other you. people because they annoy me only in, in that when you get on a busy carriage and you see, oh, down the end of the carriage over there, there's a seat free. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you go tearing fast, getting through everyone. And you go, oh no, it's just a short person. Yeah, and so you, head's not showing over the top. Is. So you say to the person next to them, "Excuse me, is this seat taken?" <laughs> <laughs> they should have a flag. That's what I'm saying. What, on <laughs> top of the head. Yeah, <laughs> a hat with a flag. Okay, there is someone sitting here. <laughs> what positions would, would be, I suppose, centrist or uh, or radical centrist? So, so if you take say, take say austerity, right? right you. you 
so you'd have one party saying austerity is absolutely necessary, another party saying austerity isn't at all necessary. Um, and I suppose the centrist, therefore, is, is in that middle ground of going, yeah, it's a bit necessary, we could, we could have it to some level, you know. But but, but the but radical not, centrist, I, I suppose, would have to look at, would be the one looking at the evidence. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that austerity as a policy was necessary at all. I think it's, I, I think there was something happening in the economy that had to be, had to be reacted to, but I don't think the, I don't think the only way to react to it was to cut public services, you know, basically to cut things mainly for the poorest people in society, and then when you did inject more capital into the system, do it in such a way that it's now admitted it flowed almost entirely to the top. Yeah, I agree, and, and plus I felt that uh, it came with a level of hypocrisy because it, 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 we couldn't believe it. It was at the same time where bank we were seeing bankers still collecting their massive bonuses and, right. and I think that's what really kind of stuck a finger up at the public going we're going to cut services we're going to cut uh, all kinds of allowances to you but we're still going to give millions away to um, to people at the tops of banks which I can see arguments that, that were made for it but at the same time I just don't think you can do those two things at the same time. But Kerry, if you don't offer these remunerative packages how are we going to attract the level of incompetence <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that's the thing, right? With, that's with what they kept saying during it, going, yeah, it's all about the talent. Going, it, it, 2008, has that failed. died, right? Yes. That argument died in 2008, No, it surely. didn't, it kept being repeated. And it was kind of like, we have to, that's what they kept saying during that time, is we have to pay the talent. Like, your talent have just died on stage. Your talent are being, yeah, you know, your they're, talent's they're, just they're bombing, they're people are throwing tomatoes at your talent. And you're going, we should pay them more. Yeah. You know, it, it was extraordinary, and... Uh, and also, I mean, it, it was it was Cameron who was saying about how we have to give them these bonuses because otherwise they'll leave and go to other countries. And then France uh, started talking about, uh, I think did actually um, start blocking some of the bonuses. And then Cameron said, oh, come here. <laughs> 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 he did the very thing that he warned that other people would do if we did that. So, you know, you're, you're being the enemy. Uh, this, I mean, this is for another this is for another episode, I think. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that shit going on with... That argument. So, um, so uh, austerity. I would say I take what would be associated with uh, quite a left-wing position. Right. Not necessary at all. I'm not. There's a. But I. I would look. I'd love to get this guy as a guest, actually. But um, I don't know if he'd be able to. There's um. For there's the podcast or just the, around your home. I just really would like him to sleep in our spare room. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, <laughs> Mark <on> Blythe. There's <laughs> an economist called Mark Blythe who's originally oh, okay. from Dundee. Right. I think it's uh, maybe Harvard now. Certainly. Yeah. Um, kind of Ivy League but he is very interesting on this stuff and he wrote a book called Austerity the History of a Dangerous Idea in which he, he, he basically argues that it's just a terrible way to try and deal with that kind of shock to the system Right so what is the best way if the country is uh, getting out of control Well you, um, you death and... uh, I don't know and I don't, I don't I remember all the details of it uh, but you can you can arrange sort of stimulus packages that will kickstart the economy if needed. But you 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 need it to go to where it's going to be spent. What if you've got a government that has overspent, then another government takes over? And it's, I mean, it, this happens quite a lot, right? We see a Labour government overspend, then we see a Conservative government going in and saying we need uh, some level of austerity because we've overspent and so on. And that's, well, that's the that's the that's the narrative, but it's it it isn't clear that um, the first government's overspent. At least not to me. I mean, the issue is. I mean, first of all, the government can um, borrow quite cheaply. But secondly, I mean, the the issue with the economy starting to run dry is people not people not entering going into 
uh, into sort of manageable debt and people not spending. And if you just create more money, because money in the system is created in terms of debt, right? Mm-hmm. But if you if you just say to the bank, you can lend more money, but obviously not to poor people, they'll never pay you back. Right. The issue with that is, is the money isn't then distributed through the economy. Yeah, Amer- America went with you know financial injection into the economy, didn't it? And and seems to have done quite well. Out it, of that. America did far far better, yeah, under Obama, the, the stimulus package. Yeah. Whereas what we did, we did some quantitative easing, but it, it was admitted later that we we essentially just stuck trillions right into the top. Yes. Yeah. Which which is typically what happens if you just do it in terms of a, you know increasing the leverage on banks or whatever. Yeah. Um. Again, yeah. This is uh, this is not about centrism. Um, no, we've gone way off topic. We, we have, but, um, so that, so that was one. Um, I'll say cli- climate change. Where are on that? Okay, so, what would, what would be the, what name, would be the, the extremes, extreme, name the extremes okay. first then. Okay, so the, it's easy to say one extreme, which is that I don't believe it's, I don't believe it's happening, I don't, or even, even if it is, it's not to do with humans. Nothing would right. be about it. Yeah. And so maybe the other extreme is, not only is it happening and it's to do with humans, but it's uh, such an emergency that if we don't radically change everything now, including giving up uh, everything we associate with life in a capitalist Western democracy, I do love the total should... deniers at the moment. They're, 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 the, the examples they're choosing is: look, we stopped using CFCs because people believe people <laughs> these idiots believe that spraying under your arms was causing causing a hole in the ozone layer, mm. uh, and then we we stopped doing that, and it was they all look like idiots. We the, the people who stopped doing that look like the ones with the tinfoil hats to them, right? And uh, and as a result, the whole cleared up anyway, you know. Or, <laughs> or they go, uh, they, we, we stopped having all the injections, and then it turned out measles went down anyway. So that, yeah, they, yeah. they don't actually see that that correlation. Well, they, they, yeah, they've got they might be right for they've all got unnecessary they, anyway, haven't they? Right. It's like yeah, it's I, I I was sick and I took the medicine and my illness went away on its own. Right. <laughs> We see that as also with the Millennium uh, virus, the, the what was it called, the computer virus? Oh, um, the Y2K thing, the Millennium bug. The Millennium bug, that's it, right? Yeah, and people don't realise that an awful lot of measures were made to, oh, yeah, to yeah. stop the Millennium bug hitting. That was but a big instead, fuss about nothing. Yeah, that was a big fuss about nothing, and it's like, no, the fuss worked. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, okay. So we got we got these two extremes. That uh, one is that um, climate change is all a big lie. Yeah, right. It's not happening. The other and, and the other and, one and, and, and the other. Which is really fucking weird, and it, this shouldn't be the other. And the other one is we should go back to tents. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Is, is that only we should ride cats? We should do what they do in Hebrew. Yeah. Is that basically every? Yeah. Everyone has just had to ride cats for the rest of. Them. And teach them to fly. <laughs> the only way to get to another country or swim. Yeah. I, I guess that's the other extreme, isn't it? But but, but the only the only reason well, there's a polar extremes is because of the political polarization. Right. There is in the I, I I meant to look this up actually, but I didn't. The, um, Greta, who and I believe the correct is Thunberg, isn't it? Okay, I, don't I know. believe. I don't think the the I don't think it's Thunberg, which would be why would you not call yourself Thunberg? Which that sounds like that's a great title, isn't it? Greta Thunberg, and it really would suit her. But anyway, she's a Thunberg. Uh, had a chance and blew it, and carries <laughs> on now as a carries on now as a Thunberg, and um, so. When you look at the policies that her following are putting forward, they, they seem to me to be impossible. You know, they, they don't seem to be have any kind of practicality to it. You know, and uh, Is it, what's the group called that she's? I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember. 
Because it's not Extinction Rebellion, is it? it, but it, it no, but that's come off it, I think. Right, okay. Extinction Rebellion, Extinction Rebellion is what we're seeing in, in London right now and uh, in various parts around the world. Yeah. I um, mean, the, the, the issues I can see it is that... Uh, the... It's against nuclear energy and it's against... Yeah, that's mad. ...almost every form of energy that would be an answer. In other words, it's not proposing an answer, it's just against things. Mm. Which and I can, and I can against get the against things. I just can't get the not being for a thing if you want to do something about it. And it's it's against any sort of policy change that is still within the framework of capitalism, right? Yes, right. And that that's obviously a massive problem. Yeah, it's it's it's, uto- it's utopian and sort of and it's its own worst enemy. In if right, I don't I don't know how many people are aware that they're pushing these things. But if that if that's what they insist on, and if it can't be that, then nothing. Then right. they're not going to bring any change about. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I think to bring change about, you need to come up with a realistic option that captures the imagination of people. Imagination of people and go, we could actually do that. Mm. Right? And if I, mean, I, not, I, don't, I have no idea if she personally uh, espouses those things. This is this is based no, on I that. Don't, I don't know. Um, but I think we're talking about more of the following that she gets or, or doesn't get. So there are people who are totally. You know, Thunberg's uh, an, an idiot child who doesn't know anything and she's been influenced and it's basically child abuse uh, stance. And, and the other is that uh, she's the wisest human being on the planet. <laughs> and really, we so does, does, it, does it make me get, really When you centrist? get older, you get more cynical, I guess. Is it really centrist that I do not have a strong opinion about Greta Thunberg? <laughs> I don't know whether... That's the thing, I don't either. I don't know whether that comes under centrism, really. That's, that's out of the I, equation, isn't I, it? I feel like I'm just standing on the sidelines watching as people are utterly insane on both sides. Look, I have no more opinion than she should change it to Thumberg. <laughs> <laughs> and I I, uh, I have some pictures of her in her early years um, wearing blackface. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I should release those. Yeah. <laughs> uh. In referring to years. Justin Trudeau's blackfacing recently. How do you feel about blackface? That's also, is, that, is that one where there's a centrist position? Uh, well, I think there's been I, I, so I, many... I think, it's, I think it's okay if black people are doing it. <laughs> I think there's been so many pictures now of Justin Trudeau doing blackface that he'd be better off saying that he used to be black. Because <laughs> there's, there's, there's no photos of him being white. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I, I I just suspect these are older photos and no one's explained what a negative is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've gone off again. We have. Yeah. <laughs> that, maybe that's the thing about centrism is it doesn't care that much about sticking to a subject. Yeah. It doesn't need to. Yeah, as a centrist, I think that Trudeau should uh, permanently paint half of his face black. <laughs> And it's got to be left or right. You can't just do the lower half because it'll look like a beard. <coughs> but if one ear looks better black than the other, then he should make that ear black. You know, it's not well, a that's case. The, that's of, the he radical. Have to stick centrist. to one side. Yeah, that's my radical centrist <laughs> position. Um, the Thunberg girl, I, I can, I, I do think it's important for a movement to have a leader. You know, I, I think that's that's what galvanizes a movement. I, I think it's, yeah, and, it's and brought I a lot suspect... of people together to to say this is a huge issue and you need a central figure for it. Yeah, right. so and, and I, honestly, I appreciate I that much of it. I, I think that the visibility that mean she's, she's giving it is probably a good thing. Right, but that doesn't mean she's talking gospel, and it doesn't mean that she's now a scientist, and it doesn't no, mean that why she's got a finger on the pulse. Then? Why the fuck would you expect a sixteen-year-old girl to know everything there is about a large scientific? Because a lot of people seem to do exactly that. That's madness. Right, that is, it's madness to treat her as as an infallible saint. 
just as it's madness to dismiss everything she says just because she's a sixty-year-old girl. She, yeah. Um, I mean, that's it. That seemed to be the the attitude to her, didn't it? And, yes. and a lot of people going, "Oh, she's really triggering a lot of men." Is she? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand why that would be. But, why they even think that? But that that was a very popular thing doing the rounds uh, uh, oh, really? week or two ago. Was, I miss being triggered. <laughs> was people going, oh, what is it about this young girl that's so upsetting to many uh, oh, I don't know, I've seen men. lots of women complaining about her. You know, the ones who basically, and I don't always get this, he's like, it's men, he's like, no, oh, it's, no it's not, on, on both sides of the, uh, you know, people who are totally, against, believe that climate change is a big lie, there's loads of women who believe that, and there's loads, oh, of, sure. loads of women who, and loads of women on the other side as well, so, no, that's, that's a bit nonsense, isn't it? Well, but it's also, it's, um, that's that identity politics thing of somebody saying something and you dismissing it because of what they are rather than what they're saying. Yeah, right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't... Ad hominem arguments. Uh, ad hominem is more about who they are exactly, the person, not just, oh, you're, it's just because you're a man. Oh, I see, because of who you are generally. Right. Well, yeah, and, 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 and ad hominem attack is, is going, well, why should I trust someone who used to be a magician? <laughs> right, that's fair enough. Yeah, he's, 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 that's not everything he does is a lie. <laughs> he professionally <laughs> lies to people. So um, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, she is on the right side of that climate change argument. I do not know whether everything she's suggesting is a, is a plausible solution, but I, I right, you know what I mean. I think broad, broadly speaking, positive. It's funny you get out so many people who are absolutely certain climate change is a big lie, and you go, uh, surely, surely if there's, even if you don't believe the evidence is conclusive, surely there is enough evidence for you to say that this is not a risk we can take. You know, we, 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 we yeah. can't. There's no going back with this risk. There, there's no, uh, you know, oh, uh, it's starting a process now that, that scientists are saying are unstoppable, that is unstoppable. If it reaches that point, there's you know? a conf- there's a confidence interval, isn't there? But the, with with this, it's also there's there's also a ticking clock involved. So it's a bit like um, people with uh, what's called vaccinations. Uh, it w- it isn't true to say that we're absolutely hundred percent sure that vaccinations are without risk to anyone. Yeah, of course not. It's just that we know that the risk of not vaccinating is much much higher. Yes, it's outweighed completely. Right. Yeah. And and as such, you do have a duty not just to yourself but to other people around you to get vaccinated. Yeah. And that's how I see climate change as well. Of course, nothing's one hundred percent, and there's a confidence interval. There's a there's a there's a, a range of probability, but it just isn't true to say, oh well, we don't know for sure, so we shouldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so all right, austerity and climate change. I'm, I'm on the left of those things, I guess. Immigration. I. I don't have any very, very strong feelings about I'd reckon the vast majority of people have a centrist stance on immigration. Very few people would like to see uh, the gates just open. Anyone can come in and leave as they want. Very few people would like to see them closed, right? To say uh, the border's closed or border's open. Most people have a level of centrist view on that, right? Few, um, few exists. There, there, there are Do you mean come and live? Huh? You mean come and live? Yeah, or maybe even just, I, just come I into a country. Well, other things being equal, I'd, I'd sort of be fine with relatively free movement of people. I, I, I kind of feel if we possibly can make it so, I would like to be able to go anywhere I want on the planet, and like anyone, everybody else to have the same right as well. Oh, in an I okay, I would as well 
one day in the future when the world suits that. But right now you have to adjust your uh, your national health service and everything else that you offer, all your amenities and the services, your trains and so on, yep. uh, to what could be massive influxes of people that are, that are hard to control. So, no, I do think you need oh, some control. Oh, yeah, 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 control. yeah. No, I, I see that. Um, and, th- I mean, those some of those things can be allowed for... Huge number of people might decide that. to come here and die, and we have to bury them always. That becomes our problem. Yeah, or eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's right. As long as we I, get I'm an equal number of cannibals coming at the same time, we're okay. Yeah, that's the centrist position. <laughs> it's, it's open borders, but everyone has to bring their own cannibal. Um, I think when we're talking about immigration, we're not talking about visitors, though, right? We're talking about people Th- that's why. I, that's why I said come and live. Oh, well, that's what I meant by immigration. Oh, okay. Because... <laughs> um, that be you know that becomes a, one of the influences the other doesn't it right the idea that you can just come and visit and have a look around and leave we do sort of if that's a totally different thing to you coming and living and we do sort of need to be able to tell the difference between it's one not and the other immigration though mate I know <laughs> um, I can remember in my early twenties being. Uh, for open borders and just thinking why the hell can't we all just go anywhere and live wherever we like mm. and it was sense it still makes sense to me because you could still have identities form around the world that aren't the uh, the set identities so in other words people would go to countries that are more socialist or go to countries more capitalist and so on as suits them right? <laughs> or come you have countries that would become more communist because you through common ground not because they're forced on the public but because people would choose to live in the, in those environments. What would right? then happen when all the people who really like the idea of invading places all, <laughs> all have moved to one country? <laughs> <laughs> You'd hope that the countries around them are countries that are against them invading places. <laughs> and can take some responsibility for that. Okay, I had an idealistic understanding of it once. So yeah. I still remember, in theory, it does does make sense that, you, you know, the same as you could have uh, a commune somewhere and people will gravitate towards it rather than deciding that an area is a commune whether you like it or not. So uh, it, it made sense to me that you could have different um, political structures and you'd also that way see yeah. what really does and doesn't work in the world. But what you can't do is have... I, I'm now the other... I'm not going the other way. It's more that... I can see how sudden and mass immigration uh, can affect the workings of a country. And can, I'm for immigration, right? But I'm not yeah. for mass and sudden immigration because I think when there's a huge influx, influx, it's hard to hold on to uh, the identity of a country or an area because too much identity comes in with the group. Yeah. Does that sound xenophobic? I don't, I don't think it. No, no, is, it, it, it doesn't. And also, I think there's a problem with that some people have with this, where they they take a very idealized view of it. So if, if I say something like, um, I talk about something like social cohesion, right? which is a bit of an amorphous, yes. vague idea, but we do know that if, uh, if a large number of people suddenly come into a town or a city and you know, um, they uh, look and act differently, they have different food, different customs, might have a different religion, they maybe speak a different language, then that we just know by observing that that can lead to tensions and difficulties and and it and tends towards ghettoization and down the line sometimes decades down the line leads to very different sorts of problems as well and now, so I, people, I think these things can and people be... do ghettoize by by choice as well because like we say around here there's a, a an area that's very greek and cypriot and so on and it's because they, mm. they have their own kind of bars and food and and everything else that uh 
And it doesn't mean that there's lots of Greek Cypriot people who would choose to live anywhere, right? But there's going to be some who would choose to ghettoize because they have a world around them that they're used to and that they, they, they that fits their culture. Yeah, right? but and also you don't need to you don't need to want. You don't need to want to be near people who are like you very strongly for ghettoization to occur. There's a right. um, there's a game theorist called Schelling who showed that based on very small amount of what's called homophily, as in the the desire to be with people who are like you, which everybody has, right? Even if it, if it's people who are like you because they speak the same language, people who have some opinions, uh, people at the same height. There actually is a there's a tendency towards people to hang out with people who. Roughly in the same sort of range. So depending on how you identify, you you want other people to identify the same as you. It's like a non-sexual form of homosexuality. Yes. Thank you. It's like a non-sexual form of homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> no! no, no, no. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, yes, it is. Um, it's exactly that. But he showed that if you, if you um, just inject a very small preference for that, yes. so as in, I don't need to be surrounded by people like me, but I'd, like, I'd just like... I'd just like 30% of them to be like that. I'm happy if 70% of people are totally different from me, but I want 30%. All that, okay. over, if, if you allow that a few iterations, you essentially get total ghettoization. Really? Yeah, you get segregation. Okay. It's, it's, it's called um, shelling segregation, I think. But that's not a reason to be... Okay, in that sense, though, that wouldn't be a problem for me with immigration because uh, I'm fine with ghettoizing as long as, long as it's by choice, right? The difference sometimes is where you, the difference is where you force people into ghettos. fine, right? Right. Like, have you, have you done well, the example you, I just gave in Malaysia. Just, okay, go on. Have you done gigs in Malaysia? Yes. Yeah, so you'll do it and you'll be aware that there are sections of the other, like there's, there's an Indian section, a Malaysian section and a Chinese section. Uh, so, you know, so third of the room is Muslim, third of the room is Chinese. And they just are completely used to that. And all of their observational comics have... And then Chinese people do this. Yeah, there's a lot of that, yes. They don't have yeah. the same political correctness at all. Uh, no, and no one gives a, a shit. Asian and they yeah. all seem to be yeah. rubbing along really quite nicely. Yes. With a little bit of ghettoization as well. Right. Of course, because, you know, there's languages and food involved. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's in itself a bad thing, but I think it can, you know, we don't have the same history as Malaysia necessarily. So you, you do need to mitigate it somehow. I, th- I do think it's important if you've got a country that has a one historical language, people who settle in it need to learn that language somehow. Like, and I don't know. Do you I think, don't, I don't so, know how don't you think get... it's a case of they would that that's one of the the identities of the place that would change and needs to. Oh, right? no, I think that needs to happen as well. So you end up you end up with you know second and third and fourth languages. You end up with something in the middle, something centrist. Yeah, that you works. do. Where but, everyone compromises a little bit and, and it makes sense. But there's a problem of alienation when you get people like so I'm from Bradford, right? Which has a very, very high uh, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, and Indian communities. But also, some of those communities had a tradition of not sending the girls to school. Okay. And especially in the first few generations, you would quite often you'd have um, the men and the boys going out to school and learning and going to university. And yeah, obviously, you have a lot of women going to university as well. But you would have whole little enclaves of, of um, say, Pakistani women who aren't really able to survive on the outside of their little ghetto because they do not speak English uh-huh. and can't read English and may not sort of be educated in, you know, beyond a very basic level. That, that's, that's a problem if, you've, if, you're, if your country has, has ideals, you know, liberal ideals that you want to... Yeah. You kind of have to... Yeah. Have to enforce it to time, but there's nudging you can do, right? Free English lessons. 
Totally, but then you also have different culture attitudes. So the, the extremes would be, um, I suppose, dignity, dignity cultures and um, uh, honour cultures and so on, which uh, they can mix very well and they form their own stance. But when you mix them massively and suddenly, it can get to be a problem because different kinds of laws, are, uh, like with uh, religion, I guess, that, that religious people want protection for beliefs, whereas uh, non-religious people might find that abhorrent. Yeah. But I mean, that there are. We again, we're on a totally different subject from centrism. We're but not I, really. Again, we're not really have, actually, because we're still talking about where the sensible line is. There's what, this sort of muscular liberalism thing that you have to. Um, it, yeah. All right. So there's some centre line, isn't there, between uh, totally respecting another culture and not allowing uh, a family to burn their daughter to death because she wants to marry an outsider, <laughs> which is that literally my brother coming home from babysitting one night. Uh, they had to stop the car as a woman covered in petrol was running across the street chased by a brother and they intervened and they were going literally where was this? in Bradford really? yeah okay honour killings yeah that, that, that's, right. a, that's a big cultural difference so that would have happened if you hadn't got out of the car yep. and stopped it really? yep wow that's I know. a weird thing to save someone's life from isn't it just for that <laughs> And he, he gave her, they gave her safely back to her family and on they went. No, I'm joking. But that, they, Emptied I mean, their petrol first. Yeah. <laughs> Just, How horrendous though. Yeah, and that's, that's, yeah, that's the difference in culture. That at, at that point, maybe this is the centrist thing, is that you've got some way, you've got to find your way in between being a total um, cultural relativist and going, oh, well, every culture is equal. Right, I'm going. Actually, there's some shit I'm not going to put up with. Yes, it's, it's, you, you, so I suppose the centrist is drawing a line. Uh, they're drawing lines on, on both sides of, the, of themselves, right? So, well, well uh, so first of all, not insisting that everybody forget totally their own culture, and you know, when I say you should learn English, I don't mean learn English, forget your own language, right. speak English, speak what fucking language you want. But the ability to get by in the primary language of the country is really important, and the inability to get by in it is a problem for social cohesion. So something free, you know, how about we teach you English for free? I I find what happens a lot with people who criticise, and I'm not flying a flag for centrism here either, I'm just saying that, as we said at the beginning, that it would be hard for me not to say that I don't fit into into the centrist category, particularly with uh, radical centrism, okay? Mm. Uh, It's hard to argue myself out of, yeah, I, I generally like... Uh, sensible ground and sometimes can choose a more extreme view and say that that works me and so on but um, but what we see a lot is the ad hominem arguments we, we, for it we, we see someone particular politician taken and saying that he was awful and he was a centrist so therefore centrism is bad a lot with Blair comes up and Cameron yeah. comes up and so on um, well Cameron, it, Cameron's a weird one because um, Cameron when people go, oh, Blair and Cameron, you go, well, I know what you mean. Because if you, if you draw the line left to right, there's sort of somewhere... Yeah. You know, Blair's just left to centre, Cameron's... There's a left right to centre and a right to centre. But, but Cameron going. was responsible for bringing in austerity, which I see I see as a pretty hard right thing to do to the economy. It's pretty, pretty a, ra- a radical centrist could have done that, though. They, yeah, they could have If been. he believed it was absolutely necessary and it was pragmatic and so on, which he might have done. Yeah, he so might he, that's the he's right a centrist just because he wasn't hugely socially conservative, like brought in gay marriage, for instance. Right. Is that what makes him centrist? I don't know. I saw an article, argument about Blair saying that because he went to war, therefore he was he uh, 
that he was proof that centrism goes to war. And I go, that's, that's <laughs> right. a terrible argument because, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, it, it, you, you could argue that an extremist might go to war and, and not let it go until everyone's dead or, uh, or you know, until the war is definitely won rather than choose a sensible point to stop the war at least. And, uh, and one thing that doesn't happen under centrists very often is centrism rarely leads to civil war. You know, the, the middle ground rarely causes... It's, it's an extreme position that usually <coughs> causes a, a civil war. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder. I, I, I wonder if you get the same feeling. You know, people talk about that feeling of alienation on the left behind, and people who feel they've been ignored by the system for so long. If the system's kind of in the middle somewhere, do people feel as much that? I doubt. I doubt there's anything to get quite as angry about. I, I would have taken. I would assume, and it's an extreme position that's really going to fire people up. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because the, the the problem with you know well I think okay I think we've got an awful lot of tolerance for things that have been around for eight for ages like if if when it came to the monarchy you just go we're pretty much going to leave things as they are if you were to reduce the power of the monarchy a little bit if you give the um, give the monarch um, slightly more power as people are trying to do right now right to give her the power to um, against um, uh, Boris right That's uh, Johnson, yeah. so uh, slight shifts in power the public can handle. But if you were to get rid of the, so the extremes would be to get rid of the monarchy, or the other extreme would be to make us all monarchs. To, to go back to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, what would be the other extreme? Give them full power. Yeah, yeah, right. to, to abolish the rest of the government and leave only the Queen. Yeah, okay, right, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so that's what I'm saying is, it would. T- I think it would take one of those two, two extremes to cause a public revolt or a civil war. I don't think it would be, uh, we're going to give her a little bit more power or a little bit less yeah. power. So where all right? So I say centrism what, when, is far, your, less, centrist, far less likely to cause a civil war. What's your centrist position on the monarchy then? Um, well, I as I say, I don't identify, so I don't have a centrist position on the monarchy. Okay, I, okay. I can well, understand. Well, right, the point of this I, is to see. I if feel we're okay. Look, I really feel the 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 monarchy is a, a an outdated statement of something that that uh, of. Uh, um, of advantage that, that just shouldn't exist in our modern world. I, I'm not comfortable with it, but I wouldn't. I, I would hesitate to abolish. I don't need them to be abolished. I, I, I just, um, yeah. I want them to be defenestrated just for the sheer fun of it. I want to be there to shut out a window. I'll, I'll chuck the queen out of a window, wouldn't you? And I think that would oh, yeah. really increase our tourist trade when people people say, oh, the, we need them for the tourist trade, but everyone's going to come and visit the window, right? You'll probably get more people <laughs> who want to see the window the Queen was thrown out of. I've, I've often wondered that. I've, I, I used to do a routine about um, people people objecting to me being anti-monarchist because uh, they go, oh, they bring so many tourists. And we go, do you really think you can pull a crowd beheading Prince Philip in the street? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the repeat performances are still going to when you yeah. sew the head back on and do and it also, over again. leave the castles. Why don't you leave the castles where they are? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I I don't have strong opinions. I I'm not comfortable with there being a monarchy. At the same time, I do think we have advantages um, with our system of monarchy, and I do think that uh, a large number of the public love the monarchy. I just I think they're a, a weird, fucking mm. antiquated idea that just shouldn't be around. But. That's a that's a weird paradox, don't you think? That um, kind of like me, I wouldn't because the majority of the country like them in a monarchy. As a Democrat, you need to keep the Queen. <laughs> Yeah. That's, yes. That's right. Weird. Right. Yes. I, I I think as a pragmatist, I um, I'm not a monarchist. But if I was then forming government, I I wouldn't even put in the manifesto get rid of the monarchy, just because you know I'm not personally a monarchist. But I'm, I don't have a get something done. 
I do think we should all have a go <laughs> at it, though. I do think that we should take turns. Like a jury system thing. Yeah, everyone, jury, yeah, everyone yeah, you get called up for it. I think it's also a horrible job to do. Yeah, I think it's, it'd be nice to have, grow up with that kind of luxury and servants and everything else. I imagine you get very little private time and uh, and also all the walking, you know. It's a lot of... You see, you see what the palace is like. It's massive. But I don't know whether there's any lifts on it. Are there lifts in the palace? Or do you know, just, I've, I've not been. I've never seen anything mentioning lifts. Maybe there are. But um, in the crown, they didn't have any. They she's just like, I'm going to go to the lounge now. I'll be there in two hours. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just walks for ages. Another staircase, another corner, another long fucking. Also, do, do you reckon of... you know that thing that nobody you're not meant to turn your back on the queen? So you're supposed to walk backwards out of the room. Yeah. Do you think the queen knows that other people are also able to walk forward? <laughs> she just think. I'm the only person who can walk out of a room head first. They do walk up to her in the first place. You I know. know. They don't get carried and put down and then only walk backwards. That's... But she, she's probably seen a lot of people fall over in her time. You know? Or, or bang into walls. <laughs> they've over, overstepped yeah. them up. I don't think I've... No, I've, I've never met the Queen. But if, if you were doing something where you had to like, meet the Queen and then go and then leave the room by walking backwards, would you do that? Because I kind of feel like... Fuck off! Well, I don't know. Even the bowing is. Uh, I think if once you've agreed to bowing, this is how they get you. First, you agree bowing. to bowing. They go. They don't tell you about the rest of it. And they go. Oh, and you've got to walk backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they go. Oh, well, I may as well now that I've bowed. <laughs> Would you bow? Why isn't she allowed to see your back? Surely that's the the front is the bit where you could um, more likely to attack with. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you I'm actually have to be facing the other way the whole time. The reason. Oh, maybe what I'd do, I'd walk backwards so it's not cause of fuss. But as I was doing it, I'd say, I'm not turning my back so I don't trust you. <laughs> I do that thing where I put sunglasses on the back of my head <laughs> and turn my hat the other way, <laughs> drawing a fake smile. So the trick is that you're actually leaving forwards, but you walked in backwards. <laughs> you just never seen your face. I'm a centrist. I go sideways. <laughs> I, do a, I do a crab walk out. Thinking about centrism, about centrism, about about a centre is a centre has to exist, doesn't it? Like mm. with a piece of rope, you have to have the centre. You can't get rid of a centrism. You can't get rid of a centre. You can cut the edges off as much as you like. You could argue you still have edges, but they yeah. get they get closer to the middle. But the middle can't get closer to the centre. The centre is always in the centre. Well, the range is that is that thing, the Overton window, isn't it? Is it meant to be this window of what the what the public? They never had that would... window on play school. There was the round window, the square <laughs> window, no, no Overton window, because I would have chosen that one. Let's look through the Overton window. <laughs> We're allowing gay people to get married. <laughs> um, anyway, tell us what you think. Do you th- have we got the wrong idea of centrism? Is it something different to you? Do, is it, uh, are you? Have we changed you into a centrist? Have you become a radical centrist? Or is there something that you think that you have the reasonable middle ground on and no other fucker does? That's quite a nice one. You know what I mean? You, you, yeah. Sometimes you look around the world and you think, why have I got to choose between A and Z when it's like M? I, I do find it exhausting being totally right. All <laughs> 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 the nutters around everywhere. Um, anyway, I think that's about it. I think um, that's, that's good good for uh, for today. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. So are we? Are we yes. agree that we think we're probably we probably are radical centrists. I think we probably are reluctant radical centrists, or I might call myself um, uh, 
non-literal radical, non-literally radical radical centrists. All right. I'm not not radical as in I want to see a complete change of anything at this. Not unless someone comes up with a um, a good working model that I can look through and go, yeah, that seems to make sense to me. But okay, but that being the case, then what? Because we've asked a few things like austerity, climate change. uh, immigration, you said. Is, is there anything... Abortion. That... I think the baby should stay halfway out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> somebody has to hold the legs like playing wheelbarrow for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. I just think, is there, is there anything where you think you come down on the right of centre? Uh, offhand, on the subjects we've just had? Yeah. No, I'm I'm very hard to sway towards a war. I think I need, you know, I, I, I'm not even. Oh God, I'm trying to think if I've ever really been solidly pro-war for any war that's ever been, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen I've seen people go up to you and go, "Carry, fancy a war?" And you're always no. I'm no, always no. like, "Not today." Not now. Or it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's um, up for war? So I'd say, I'd say I'm generally, but but once again, though, I I could be convinced or I could say that's necessary sometimes, I think. I've not been, in retrospect, I'm not totally against the wars either. (laughs) Right, so that's pretty, so. Well, I see there are advantages. I think getting rid of Saddam Hussein was a good thing. And I I don't think it was a justification for the war, though. But but I'd I'd say that. I also, I... When it comes to ones like um, the Falkland Islands War, I think there were a lot of mistakes made. But actually, uh, there was an invasion. I think we were we, we had the defensive stance, and I think uh, it's the last clean war I remember. As in, uh, a war is started by one side, the other side then goes in and attacks. There is a fight that goes on until one side, and this doesn't happen very much anymore. Uh, one side actually holds up a white flag and says that's the end of it, and then it stops straight away, and that's and then agreements are made, and that's it. But yeah. wars don't tend to be that way anymore. They've changed in nature. Yeah, yeah. So I think a war to agree to a war now is a far more complex thing because armies have to stay there and um, uh, hold the ground that they've taken because otherwise um, the the, the uh, uh, elements they've tried to get rid of will, will move back in. Yeah. And and do the same devastation. So, uh, yeah, I can't think of other more. Is there anything else where I'm more to the right or more to the left? I don't know. I think it would depend on the policy being put up. It's not. It's not the subject it would go by. Yeah. It would be a policy. Someone's so. If someone's saying that, um, if someone was going to get rid of the monarchy and they presented a good argument for it, I would certainly read through it. Yeah. It might be something new that I've not heard before that might sway me. So only in that, in that sense. Yes. I I, th- I think for for myself it's. No, oh, I'd be I for can't... voting reform. But even then, that's still that's, being... That's a, not a right-wing position, No, it's it? not. Or left-wing. I, I, I think we desperately need voting reform. Yeah. But that's that's a progressive position, I think. Yes. I, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, there, there's some things that I think if you were... If you absolutely said, well, I take the left-wing position on this, that you would have a knee-jerk reaction to, and I don't have that kind of allergy to. So if someone said, perhaps we need to rethink the way that we fund healthcare in this country... I think that's a question of pragmatism. That there may be there may be a better answer than what we've got now. What do you mean? Like, uh, uh, like are you talking saying from the right wing point of view of of, of bringing private privatisation of, of, of there being um, of there being some sort of uh, yeah, like, um, personal insurance sort of 
side to it or some mixture of private and public. All right, I think my position there is more of a fear of where things lead to rather than what that individual... And, and, oh, and yeah. that's the problem with it. Yeah, I have that too. I, th- I mean, I think the, I think the American system is, a, is uh, appalling and I'm... I'm Horrifying I, I, I would, and affects I would be us very, as well. I'd be very, very worried about a move towards that. Yeah. But on the other, on the other hand, the, the best systems in the world manage to mix public and private. private. And I don't, I don't think ours is the I best system. I suppose I'm really very left-wing or, or socialist on certain issues like the NHS and um, uh, and welfare and so on. But not, but even then, not so left-wing that I, th- I think uh, we, we should just give it out without any kind of checks or anything. I think there are people who cheat the system and that uh, that, that has a, a massive effect overall. Um, I know of people who do, so um, unquestionably. But at the same time, I, I really believe we need welfare and I really believe we need, um, uh, uh, the, you know, the NHS. But... I kind of, I, I suppose I, I have an idealism for, I, I'd like to see a, almost a total socialism for children up to a certain age and then everyone gets a tiny little house and then it's almost dog eat dog after that. Once you have the mm-hmm. basic, except that there's got to be a healthcare because I, we can't have, it's not in any of our interests for people to get sick around us that we're not able to help them and do, do anything about it. No. I heard a debate the other day, like on a podcast, Intelligence Squared debate in, in America. And the debate was about uh, replacing the current healthcare system with um, uh, Medicare for all, um, as they called it. And what was really interesting was the people against this, and and against one by the way, right? Um, the claims that they were making about what would happen if if you you know if you took the uh, competition out of it, oh there'd be no innovation and all the rest of it. But there also someone went, look, you might be the best heart surgeon in the world, and I might be the worst. Under this system, we both get paid the same. Right. But I'm like, but under yeah. your system, if I don't have enough money, I get the worst heart surgeon in the world. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. just, That's not right. I have a completely yeah, exactly. different yeah. view of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why? That's not, that's not better. Yeah. You've just brought two humans in and you're weighing it against the rights of thousands. Oh, yeah. The health insurance of, of America, I think, is a disgusting yeah. thing. It's not, not, as, it's, not, it's not just about you. It's a case of you find someone on the street who's uh, who lives on the street who's dying and got something sick and you can't do anything about it because they haven't got insurance. That's a fucking yeah. horrible situation to be in. Well, that's, that's, we, should, we should do an episode on healthcare as well. I think it's quite interesting. Okay. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, there we are. Yes. You are now swayed. You are now swayed. You Welcome are. Welcome to the centre or the left or the right, depending what we're talking about. You're only comfortably swayed mm. in the comfortable central position of swayness. So... Thank you for listening once again to Citizens of Nowhere. Bye-bye. Bye.